0: Well, hey there. Thanks so much for joining us on the Hope Fellowship Church podcast. If these messages have blessed your life, go ahead and subscribe by clicking the subscribe button inside the podcast app. And if your life has been impacted by this ministry, would you consider supporting it financially so that we can continue to love God, love people, and prove it? You can give by visiting hope615.com give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you are blessed through today's message. Today we're talking about something that i think is present in most of our lives but most of us either we don't want to admit it's there or we've got the blinders on or we think this is just the way life has to be and i'm talking about the fact that most of us are just crazy busy we've made so many commitments and we don't have much margin in our life for the things that are most important and so I could just start preaching this sermon, or I could say to you as a church, Church, could we pray together this morning and ask God to show us what He wants to show us from His Holy Word? I think that's what we need to do. This past week, you know how you, you will, maybe every once in a while, you'll go through a pile of, of some magazines or books, or you've stored something in a certain place, you know like, what do I got here? Well, I had a unique experience this week that like, touched my heart. Sometimes uh, you you receive something in a moment and you don't think much about it, and then later you come to appreciate it even more. So that happened for me this week. Some of you will remember this. I think it was, was it three years ago? About three years ago on Pastor Appreciation Sunday, uh, many of you took time to write a little note to me. And then Carol, bless your heart, she organized an effort to put all of those thoughts and pictures into a book. And you know, I was meaningful then, but this past week, when I had some margin, it was even more meaningful, and it was precious. And I have a feeling that many of us are missing out on all that God desires to show us, because we're just so busy. So if if you're just here today, and you would say, man, I need to hear this, I'm prepared to hear this, God... Open my heart to show me what you want to show me. If if that is your heart, I want you to join me in this prayer. Bow your heads with me this morning. Heavenly Father, maybe this prayer, Lord, is just for me. But God, I have a feeling there are a whole lot of people in the gym today are are in the same boat as I am. They're, They're overwhelmed. They're burdened. They're tired. And so, Lord, what we're asking you to do today as we open your holy word is to show us in Scripture What is really most important? God, teach us. For some of us, this will be more difficult than others. Teach us, Lord. Lord, it is not coincidence that every single person you have brought into this school today to be a part of this time of worship, it's no coincidence, God, you have a plan. And so that plan is for many of us to be renewed through the truth of your word. God, for some of us, maybe... Maybe we'll be able to take this truth and share it with a friend who is struggling. God, do whatever you want to do today. We're going to give you the honor and glory for it. God, I thank you for all of those who have just given toward the mission and the ministry of this church. God, thank you for their faithfulness. For those who have, who have done it a different way, online, texting to give. God, we give you glory for all of it. Use the gifts of these people for your glory. God, guide us as a church. Give us clarity. Give us wisdom. Give us direction, both now and in the days ahead. We thank you, Lord, for this time. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, amen. And give it up for the new keyboard guy today. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, bro. Um, This is one of Drew's friends. you're You're in my local, all that crew, right? Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for coming over to hang with us today. God bless you. Okay, so what I just prayed about, I I know I'm asking you to be super transparent, but this whole idea that we're going to talk about today in our March Madness series, today the madness of margin, how many of you would say, and I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand, you would say that oftentimes you feel overwhelmed, you feel overcommitted, you feel like you've got too much going on in your life, if that is you, would you be willing to raise your hand and just say, "I, I feel like that's me? I had a feeling that would be the case. If you looked around the room, that that was the majority of people here today. Now we've got to begin to process, why is that? I think we live in a culture today where everybody, we're, we're pushed to the limits. The culture today would tell us we've got to accomplish more. And then when you accomplish more, that's not enough. You need to accomplish even more. And I think when we jump on that train... We begin to live a life that is both unsustainable, but church, hear me loud and clear, I think it's also unbiblical. I really do. Most people I know, in my circle of friends, many of you, there is little to no margin in life, much less the most important things in life. So before we assume we all know what we're talking about, let me give you a couple of Loose transitions of how we want to define margin today. There's a pastor in Georgia, incredible guy. Some of you who are older will know his father, Dr. Charles Stanley. And some of you who are a little bit younger, but what's kind of funny now because Andy Andy Stanley, I just read, is now 60 years old. You know, he used to be the young cool guy. And so anyway, here's what Andy Stanley said about margin. Here was his definition. He said, margin is the amount available beyond what is necessary. The amount we have available beyond what is necessary. Maybe you're like, help me with another one. I've got a second definition. Look at this one. Here's another way to say it. It's the difference between what you have and what you need. It's the difference between what you have and what you need. Some examples. If I have 30 minutes of time to get somewhere... And if it takes me 20 minutes to actually get there, then, hey, let's do the math. I have how many minutes of margin? Good. Ten, that's good. Some of us aren't good in math. I know that everybody might have not gotten that correct. So let's try another one. If I have $1,000, and all the teenagers, if I have $1,000, you're like, yes, come on. If I have $1,000 and I have $800 worth of bills, then I have how much margin? Oh, the smartest group of teenagers in Tennessee right here. $200. It's the difference between what you have and what you need. Watch this. Margin would be you showing up five to ten minutes early to a meeting so that you're not all stressed out. Financial margin would mean you had enough money left over at the end of the month after you paid your bills that there was actually still some left in your checking account. And all God's people said? Amen. There are other ways to think about this, though. Margin is also having some distance between you and temptation rather than being morally just on the edge all the time, just, I am going to get as close as I can to the edge, rather than being in that place all the time, it's having some some preset buffers in your life to keep you from stumbling over, from falling in to some destructive behavior. Some of you are going to love this one. Margin could mean you have three or four nights a week where you had no commitments at all. You you could just go home, enjoy your family, enjoy some time at home. Margin could mean that you do have some extra money in your budget so that you can be a blessing to, to other people or to other ministries that you really believe in. Or, margin could simply mean that you have time to, to slow down and to begin to, to think and reflect and meditate on really what God is calling you to be. Now, for some of us, I don't know if you're still in it with me. I, I know some of you are because we talk. But on January the 1st, some of you started this, let's read through the Bible in a year plan. If you're still on that with me, just this morning, we did day 90. 90 days, you guys, that's, that's awesome. Now, as you're moving into that, I don't know how you're doing with margin even to do that. It could be that by day 90, you're just like, okay, here we go. Ready, set. And, and you know, you're like, da-da-da-da. I'm reading this because I made a commitment and I'm gonna do it. And, and you know, for those of you who are on the same reading plan that I'm on, Good grief. Some of that Old Testament stuff, oh my goodness, wow, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And so you, you begin to run through that as quickly as you can. No, that, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about time in your life. Time that for many of you, I would say you just simply don't have it. But here, hear me out. I really do believe. I believe this. I believe the best things that happen in life often happen in that space of margin. If you're a note taker, some of you are, some of you aren't. If you're a note taker, here's truth number one for today. We'll put it up on the screen. I want to encourage you to learn this principle. I need to work on learning this. There are times when we must say no to good things in order to say yes To the best things. Say no to good things in order to say yes to the best things. There is a crystal clear story of this in the Gospel of Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. It's an incredible story about two very different ladies. One decided she didn't have much margin in her life that day. And the other, watch this, created some margin... And she experienced something that day. We're going to look at it that will never, ever be taken away from her. Look with me. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. We'll put it on the screen. And so as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha had opened her home to him. And she had a sister, Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made so here it is two sisters mary and martha y'all they are they are complete opposites they're complete opposites yet watch this both of them had the exact same opportunity it was mary who decided that day to be intentional and create a moment. Let's be real. Mary might have had things to do. You got things to do. I got things to do. There's probably some laundry. There was some tidying up. There were things around the house that had to be done that day, I'm quite sure. But Mary decided for whatever reason to say, I'm just not going to do it. And for this moment in time, I choose to embrace it and enjoy time at the feet of Jesus but Martha Martha on the other hand was like many of us Martha had been scrolling through Pinterest for the past month or two where she got amazing ideas on how to prepare to host Jesus she was distracted she was probably spazzing out And while I look at Martha, I think it's really interesting. She wasn't distracted by something that was just like bad. It wasn't evil. It wasn't sin. But she was actually distracted by what most people would say are good things. There it is again. She was distracted by good things. Sometimes we have to say no to good things in order to say yes to the best. So she's thinking to herself, okay, okay, self, Jesus of Nazareth is in the house. He's the Son of God. I have absolutely got to get out the best china, I have absolutely got to make sure that I have all my little candles lit. I've got to make sure that, you know, in in the bathroom, the hand towels match the bath towels and that matches the shower curtain and and just all this stuff. Because God forbid she should mess up being the hostess with the mostess when Jesus is in the house. And so Martha found herself distracted by doing good things, that's all good things, instead of the best things. Church, church. What is going on that a helicopter comes over every Sunday morning when I'm preaching? (laughs) Am I the only one that notices this? Can somebody please call the, the National Guard and say, redirect your path? I don't even know who that is. Obviously, it distracts me. Just like Martha became distracted. Here's what I would say about this. In your world, just take a time out on Mary and Martha for a moment because you know what you're doing. You're, you're all putting yourself into which category I am. That's good. That's healthy. But let's just think about the warfare that's going on in our world today. Me and you, right here, Smyrna, Tennessee, Laverne, Tennessee. If I believe this. I believe if Satan, who is our spiritual enemy, watch this. I believe if he can't make us really, really bad... I believe it's quite possible that his desire is to instead make us really, really busy. Therefore, we miss out on God's perfect plan for our life. And so what is true for most of us, for many of us, some of us, we have become busy doing lesser things. It's not sinful, but we're doing lesser things. Therefore, we're missing out on the most important things. All right, story time. How many of you can actually remember... When you got your very first smartphone, Ooh, baby, do you remember very first smartphone and all, you know, all the teenagers are like, Oh, there was something else, you know? Yeah. Just ask Jared, just ask Jared about cricket. He'll tell you all about that. But, uh, for, for the older generations, it wasn't, you know, it, it was first a bag phone. Y'all remember the bag phone? Those are lovely. And then from the bag phone, we went to, you know, kind of an oversized flip phone and all that fun stuff. But here's what happened. Many of you, especially if you're a a teenager, the college age people will probably remember this. When you got your first smartphone, some of you got it on Christmas Day, didn't you? It was a gift. It was a Christmas gift. And so think about how this played out. You would think that on Christmas Day... That's the day that you would be intentional in making some good memories with your family, right? Man, it's Christmas. Let's be together as a family and do what families do. But many of you didn't because your face was buried in this shiny, new, beautiful smartphone you just got. And you don't remember much about Christmas Day. All I'm saying is, I believe many of us were obsessed, were consumed with trying to accomplish things that we believe are urgent, but could it be we're missing out on the most important things in life? Mary and Martha, go back to the text with me. Mary and Martha, they're in this situation. Look at verse 40. In the middle of verse 40, Martha comes running into Jesus. Look what she asks. Jesus! Don't you care that my sister left me to do the work all by myself? (laughs) Tell her to help me. Man, she's having a pity party. Tell my sister to help me. And what I think is really funny, Martha, with a good heart, is 100% convinced she is doing all the right stuff. She's 100% convinced. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. My sister is in the other room. You know what she's thinking? She's in the other room being lazy. Lazy. She's mad. She's fired up. She's all worked up. And right here, church, watch this. Right here, I would say this is perhaps the greatest challenge that I have as your pastor talking to you today. Because many of you in this room, you are 100% convinced convinced that the way you are living life right now, it is all necessary and it is all right. Everything you're doing, it's necessary. I have to live this way. You are thinking to yourself, well, this is it. This is just the way I have to live. I'm sorry, preacher, if you don't like it. This is what it is. This is what I'm going to do. And so I believe you have bought into someone who's told you that all of the activity, all of the busyness, All of the getting of more stuff is what's most important. And you've told yourself, if I'm going to be successful in life, if I'm going to be successful, this is what I have to do. Let me remind you of what the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 2. Look at the screen. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world you could just stop there. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. And here's what that means. God has not called any of us to be like everyone else. He hasn't. But instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then when you do that, you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. And so Jesus says to Martha, remember, she's coming in, she's complaining, she's whining, why is my sister in there doing absolutely nothing? And Jesus says in Luke 10, 41 and 42, Martha, Martha, this is how Jesus answers. You're worried and you're upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Ouch. You always hear people talk about preachers stepping on people's toes. How would you like to be Martha in that scenario when Jesus just got up in your grill and stepped on your toes? That's painful. And so here's what I think we all have to begin to understand about having margin in our lives. The choice is always yours. The choice is always yours. Now, you might say to me, Kent, not fair for you to say that. You're, you're a pastor, your world is different, it's not like mine. You don't understand. You don't know what it's like to have pressure at work, you don't know what it's like to have financial pressure. Oh, hush. I I do, too. I do. You you could say, Kent, my job is so demanding. And you know what I could just say to you in a spirit of love? Okay, I'm sorry. You have a choice to look for another job. You really do. Well, I just like being miserable, Kent. Okay. Okay. So I want to be practical as we work through this March Madness series each week. What are the takeaways? What do we learn? How do we apply this in our lives? What were to happen if I don't do anything at all, if I just continue to live a marginless life? I want you to notice two things. What happens when we have no margin? What happens when margin decreases? Here's truth number one. When margin decreases, your stress increases oh my goodness you know this is true when you're running late you're running late your margin decreases and what happens your stress level increases some of you today about an hour ago you're running late to come to church of course it's not your fault but it was someone in your family riding with you right okay okay And so whoever this person was, it was their fault, they didn't get ready in time, they knew what time you were supposed to be leaving, so your your margin decreased and your stress level increased, and now on the way to church, you're sitting in the car like thinking ungodly things about that person, like I'm thinking about that helicopter, I'm thinking ungodly things. Well, that could be. (laughs) Touché. (laughs) Look at Kristen. (laughs) Yes, yes, Kent, that was my mother. I love you, Pam Casper. That was awesome. And so time out. Lord, if, that, now, Lord, if that's lifelight, correct me. Show me the truth. I, I repent, and I pray that you would, God bless the people. Lord, the people that do that job, use them for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. That was good. That was really good. Here's the second thing if you're taking note. Now, that was really good. Okay. Uh, It's a second truth. As your margin decreases, no time, no extra time, no margin, we're too busy. As your margin decreases, watch this one, your relational intimacy also decreases. Those of you who are married, you get this. You get this. Yeah, we had Shiloh's three-year-old birthday party at my house yesterday. Speaking of Pinterest gone wild, what happened to just having a cake and a little cone cap thing, you know, the dunce cap? We we were trying to get it together, you know, it was, the family's there, we're doing our thing and... And I'm running my errands and everybody's got a part to make it happen. And of course, you know, Shiloh is like, I don't want to take a nap. You need to take a nap. We're having a party at three. And then Judah, the baby's not wanting. It's like craziness. As your margin decreases, getting ready for that party, your relational intimacy decreases. That's real. See it all the time. So we wonder, we walk around, many people, we're busy, frustrated, everything just seems to be harder than it should be. Watch this. When you're living, if you're living in that place, here's what I believe happens your mind is rarely, if ever, disengaging from all these things that you have prioritized to be really, really important. Your mind just doesn't stop, never stops. You can even be, you know this is true. You can even be in the same room with someone that you care for deeply. But you're really not present with them. Do you know what I'm talking about? Your mind is still running. You're going to go out to lunch, many of you today, and you're going to be at a restaurant. If this is not you, it'll be the family across the room. You'll look over there. Everybody at the table. There's no conversation. They're all just looking down. You might think they're praying, but they're not. They're looking at their phones or their tablets. Y'all, the madness of media is coming next week. Mm. Mm. And so as your relational intimacy, it's decreasing, watch, not just with people, but it's decreasing with God. It's decreasing with God. You know, as a pastor, I can see someone. Hey, how's it going, man? How you been? What's going on? Oh, Kent. I don't know, man. I feel like I used to be closer to God than I am now. I feel like I feel like my time in the Word is just not there, and my prayer life is weak. And 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 oftentimes you'll hear something like this: "I'm just too busy. I'm too busy." And for whatever reason, we've started thinking that's normal. That's like an okay answer. Why is it that most all of us, especially the adults in this room, why is it that so many of us, we plan on one day slowing down, but we ever, never, rarely ever do that? Why is that? Why do we not radically cut back our schedules to spend time with the most important people that God has placed in our lives, like now? And here, bottom line, this may hurt, but I think it's the truth. I believe we're functioning and operating this way because I don't know if we fully trust God. I don't know if we fully trust His principles and His Word. So if we don't have enough faith to really believe God's way of doing life is better, what are we to do? You know the new phrase FOMO. We've all got it: fear of missing out. It happens every day in most of our lives. What if I miss out on something? I got to know what's going on. I got to see this. I got to do that. I need to check all. I got a Facebook, you know, Instagram, all all the stuff, Twitter. I got to know what's going on. So what do we do? What do we do? I would just simply say a really healthy thing for many of us in this room would be to what I call a come to Jesus meeting. It's time to have a come to Jesus meeting. You need, I'm going to share two things with you. You need to figure out a way to simply have intimate time with God. Intimate time with God. How many of you remember what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33? He said, but I, here's what he wants us to do. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Just stop there. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then after that, then all these other things will be added unto you. Intimate time with God. I know most of y'all haven't met Matt and Lauren yet. Shout out. Love you guys. Last Sunday morning, uh, as, as Matt was coming into church, he, and I, I didn't follow up with you this week, didn't have enough margin. That's a bad excuse. But he told me how he had done something last week he'd never done in his whole life. You, some of you have heard my testimony, how I took this personal retreat, just me and God and the Bible and get away for three days. You did that for like a week, didn't you? Six days? Ah, just a long weekend. Okay. Here's the point. Man, I really thought you were like in the wilderness for a week. Okay. It doesn't matter. The point is true. When you walked in last Sunday morning, the evidence of what God had done in your life that week was all over you. Why? Why? I don't care if it was just 24 hours. You made a decision to have intimate time with God. And God's at work in your life and he's revealing things to you. Because why? You, you sought first the kingdom of God. And then a second truth. We all, we all need to do this. You must schedule some intimate times of rest. Look at what Jesus said, Matthew 11, 28. Just let let the scripture speak to you. It speaks to me. Jesus says, Come unto me, all of you, all of you who are weary, all of you who are burdened. Let me add a few words. Maybe those descriptors aren't enough. Jesus says, Come to me, All of you who are stressed out. Come to me, all of you who are overwhelmed. Come to me, all of you who feel like you just can't get it all done. Come to me, those of you who feel like life is about to fall apart. Come to me if you just feel like you're going to lose it all. Jesus says, come to me if you're overwhelmed. Come to me if you're feeling insignificant. He says, come to me. And he says, I will give you rest. I will, he says. He continues. He says, I want you to take my yoke upon you and I want you to learn from me. And that is, that is what we're trying to do here as a church today. We're going to try to learn from God, to learn from Jesus. And, and then he says, for if you do this, I'm gentle and I'm humble in heart and what will you find? The Bible says, Jesus says, you will find rest for your souls. Just, just let that sink in for a minute. You will find rest for your souls. You will find peace. You will find assurance. You will find tranquility and rest for your soul. And too many of us, I, I fear, don't even know what rest is. Yes. Psalm forty-six ten speaks to this. The psalmist says, Be still and know that I'm God. And many people today struggle in knowing how to be still. I was talking to our group in the lobby this morning as we had our huddle and our prayer time. This is going to be the takeaway challenge for the next week, by the way. Do you think you could take 10 minutes a day to sit down in a quiet place? I'm not asking you to read the Bible I'm not asking you to do a devotion. I'm not asking you to pray. Do you think you could actually take 10 minutes a day to be still before God? Where your mind is not thinking about what you're going to do after that 10 minutes. Where your mind is not thinking about, hmm, I'm kind of hungry. I think I'll get a snack. Where your mind is not tempted to pick up the smartphone where your mind is not tempted to catch up on the laundry or whatever needs to be done with the kids or whatever it is. And so as a church, I'm asking you to join me this week and just to start at this place. Here again, this is not a devotion. This is not time in the Word. This is not time in prayer. But this is simply learning to be still in the presence of Almighty God. And I would say this could be baby step number one into you realizing what a beautiful thing margin can be. Look at Isaiah chapter 58. I'll wrap up with this today. Isaiah 58, 11. What a promise. And the Lord will guide you always. Notice this. Not the culture. It's not the culture that's going to guide you. It's not the expectations of this world, but the Lord will guide you always. He, God Almighty, not the things of this world, He will satisfy your needs in a sun scorched land, and He will strengthen your frame. And rather than you being parched and thirsty and empty and barren and dry and struggling, look at what Isaiah writes. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. I want some of that. I want some of that. Worship team, if you had come this way, we're going to go ahead and transition into a time of response. Just bow your heads with me, please. could you begin to do this now i wonder could could you bow your head and close your eyes and put down your phone don't don't think about what is next after we walk out of this place And be still. Here's a little warning. If it's difficult for you to do this for 60 seconds, that's a problem. And I don't say that to condemn you, but to encourage you to embrace the ways of the Lord. What it means is that your mind is racing so fast that dare I say, it may be impossible to hear from God. What if if something this simple Could turn into something so revolutionary in your life that after being still in the presence of God, it brings it brings revival to your life. Be still and know that He is God. I believe there are some people here today, uh, I would say you've kind of been on the fringe. You're not so far on the outside that you reject the truths of who God is and what the Bible says and Jesus, but, but you're, you're kind of on the fringe. You're looking in and you're wondering, man, is this something I can, I can really step into? Is this real? Does God really have a plan for my life? Yes, He does. He really does. Well, Kent, do I have to do I have to really just get my life all cleaned up? Do I have to like be living a certain way for a certain amount of days before I can say, Okay, God, here I am. No. No. You remember that scripture we just Read it was Jesus, hey, he said, come to me, all of you, all of you who are weary, worn out, stressed out, burdened, overwhelmed, feel like throwing in the towel, all of you. Jesus Christ did not say, come to me once you get your stuff together, no. And so today, some of you need to surrender your life to Jesus, begin taking those steps to follow him. And you may have questions about that. We're going to, in just a minute, we're going to stand up and we're going to invite you to sing. And then over on this wall, I call it the gym wall. It's over by the gym parking lot. It's what I really mean. I would encourage you just to make your way over there when we all stand up together. And find find one of our volunteers. They just want to encourage you, answer a question you may have. And most importantly, they would be honored to pray with you. Again, as always, I always say this, uh, your response, this is between you and the Lord. It could be that you and your spouse decide to pray together where you're seated. It could be that your family huddles up together. Whatever it is, you just let the Holy Spirit lead you and you be responsive to what He leads you to do this day. Father God, thank you for this time. Teach Teach us in this area, Lord. We have much room for improvement. Show us that your ways are always best. Let us say no to some of the good so that we can say yes to what is the best. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks again for listening to the Hope Fellowship Church podcast. If you're interested in becoming more connected at Hope Fellowship Church, please visit hope615.com slash connected.